0: Alright, hi there everybody. It's Ben Lind again, welcoming you back to another episode of Hives People Science in Session. Uh, really pleased to be joined today by our Director of People and Culture, Tracy Elvin. Tracy, thank you for coming on here with me today.
1: Pleasure, absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me,
0: Ben. Hey, pleasure's all, pleasure's all mine. Well, um, so look, as, as people may have been able to tell from the title of this, we're here to sort of talk a little bit around uh, D&I, but with a slightly different spin on it, because I believe, Tracy, the case may be that it should actually be I&D.
1: Yes, um, I'm a great uh, believer that it should be inclusive and diversity because I I really do have a sense of if you're an inclusive employer and you have that safety for employees to feel like they belong somewhere, that automatically drives um, the diversity element of it. So from my perspective, I would always be encouraging organisations to think about the broader context of how you make your worksplaces and your workplaces inclusive within a remote setting or an office setting, which will then drive that diversity element of it.
0: Mm. Do you think that sometimes with organizations, the sort of focus on diversity is because they feel a need to sort of think about people who aren't yet in the business and look to bring them in? Whereas if you were to actually focus on the inclusivity element of it, you would actually be able to get more out of the people that were already within your business. And then perhaps, I suppose, increase that representation so that other people felt like yours was a place that they could come to uh, over time.
1: Yes, I I do I agree with that, Ben, actually. And I think just to, to build on that point, um, I always have the lens from both an internal and an external perspective on it. So, um, you know, if you are putting messages out there about being diverse. People will want to. People will question. Well, what does that really mean then? And what does it mean for you? Whereas, in your messaging and your language that you have internally and externally, will automatically tell you whether you're an inclusive workforce or you get a sense of that workforce being inclusive. So I think it's all about the positioning and the messaging around that. Um, and it's just for argument's sake, some, something little about, you know, if you are putting an advert out for, um, you know, you were recruiting, it would be the tone of that voice within the organization and what represents your brand, which will engage somebody more over than you saying, you know, you've got a two tick symbol that you represent diversity. Mm-hmm. I think it all goes back to the messaging for me.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense and I, and I think kind of recruitment is sort of one of the i think most i suppose widely applied contexts that you see something like this i mean you know i think cynical people can look at think you know sort of more of diversity efforts and think like businesses make do make a big deal out of it and so that sometimes that spills a little bit into kind of marketing rather than kind of in the kind of People in an HR arena. I think that one hand very much washes the other in, in that regard. But so say for if an organization, if, if people are watching this, Tracy, and they're thinking, you know, what's a couple of ways that I can look to dial up on my, you know, inclusivity efforts, how how would you think they would start to, I guess, find out a little bit, put the feelers out to their workforce and, and see how they were doing?
1: Well, my suggestion would always be then take the temperature check by running some form of survey within the business. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge survey. It can be, you know, a set of 10 questions just to get a feel for what do our employees actually think? Because sometimes, you know, where we've all got very busy jobs and very busy things going on, sometimes you can get a little bit removed from kind of what your perception is about how your workforce is doing versus what it actually is. Mm. So I would always recommend do a survey, get a real true reflection of how when people, and uh, the employees see you and feel about you and what you're doing to make that inclusion and then build your strategy from that start from that kind of stake in the ground position. Mm.
0: So you'd want to be kind of assessing kind of questions around people's sense of belonging and things sense. like that.
1: Indeed I would yeah I, I would be asking them around if you know how do you you know how does Hive make you feel you, you know you belong um, just questions around around that um, and you know what opportunities do they feel that they get a lot of opportunities within the business do they feel included do the 10 focus groups all questions around that nature which will give you a sense of whether you, you know your environment is really inclusive and you know, you're collectively working together across teams and within a function.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's it, it is it's it's an interesting line of, of questioning. I mean, I, it occurs to me just to ask: Do you think perhaps businesses, or indeed, you know, I suppose there's there's a, a blend of responsibilities, really. But I would say that do you think that perhaps businesses out there, by and large, could do kind of more to speak to their workforces and their employees about, I suppose a base level of inclusivity that they can expect because, you know, granted I'm sort of, you know, still relatively, you know, new to this arena in context. And yet it's this particular idea of, you know, you almost have this inherent feeling that you should feel included. I think a lot of people don't share that, you know, speaking as a, you know, straight white man. I know that this is particularly privileged ground from, from which I'm speaking, but, you know, at the same time, I haven't, I've never you know, other than Hive, where it's kind of been, you know, we we have talked around it. I've never worked in a business that would maybe set out their commitment to us as a workforce. as it related to inclusivity? So do you think a business might need to do a bit of groundwork in upskilling their people about what they should expect in relation to questions like this?
1: I think they should, and you know, there's a lot of things that uh, organisations to do. There's a lot of, um, you know, different organisations that they can work with. Um, and you know, Stonewall for, for is a brilliant one, is, is, is a starter for ten. You know, the, there's many organisations out of there, and I would always oh, encourage them to think about any partners that they're working with. What are their partners representing within their, you know, and who they work with, and how are they seen? Because it's a reflection of that organization in terms of who you work with and who you connect with. So I would always say that, make sure that they're aligned to your thinking and it is what they want to do as well. Mm -hmm. So again, Stonewall um, question around that, uh, you know, and, and I think I would start opening up the agenda around what do you need to do as an organization? We all have biases so unconscious bias is a great way to kind of just start changing the the metric or changing the dial on it, for want of a better term, mm-hmm. around how people see themselves and how they see they're behaving. You know, it creates a, a level of self-awareness for those individuals because they might be doing what they've always done.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that if I was to play kind of devil's advocate for a moment, I can, I, I can imagine certainly there there is this this scenario possibly has happened that there has been you know the the practitioner has kind of maybe seen a webinar like this or perhaps kind of understands not a webinar a talk like this but Mm -hmm. or perhaps kind of understands the benefit from from previous experience and it's something that they would like to embrace however perhaps there are other members of the executive who might feel like this is a particularly scary rock to to pick up and try and look underneath um and i was wondering tracy you know what. What, if any, kind of, I guess, overall benefits can can we speak to from a business perspective other than, you know, this feeling that this is the right thing to do? I think everybody would agree that, but for the more, you know, risk-averse business or those who might not be as embracing of uncomfortable conversations, Yeah. What are the benefits do you think we could point to that a business might be able to get from embracing conversations such as this?
1: Well, I think there's there's a multitude of benefits from my perspective. I think if you are an inclusive employer, that drives a level of psychological safety with those individuals. That then drives a level of performance with those individuals because they feel they can have a courageous conversation. They feel that they can open up. And it also drives a level of innovation as well. So it helps organisations where they have that level of safety that somebody feels they can ask a question, throw a statement out within any one forum group, and it'll be okay. And often that can spark something else. So, you know, somebody could suggest something and go, oh my God, that's a brilliant idea. Whereas if you haven't got that sense of inclusion or that sense of psychological safety, you may never get those opinions and statements thrown out there. And therefore, you might never get that piece of that nugget that might just make your business um, quite a lot of money um, as such. So I I think there's a multitude of benefits. I think it also creates a high level of um, cross-functional working. I think it creates a high level of um, co-creation in terms of things you do. And and I think, you you know, when you've got different people with different backgrounds and different perspectives, that drives a whole new element in itself.
0: Absolutely. No, I I would entirely agree with that. I think that, um, you know, just just while you were talking about sort of that, that psychological safety and creating that environment where people can feel, you know, like it is a safe place to raise a hand or bring an idea to the table and and things like that. It occurs to me that, um, excuse me, that this is something that really, you know, originates, you know for want of a better phrase at the top of an organization but it it is a culture it is a behavior it, it's an attitude that needs to be lived throughout the entire organization right yes. so it's you know it, it, it can come from sort of the, the top floor as it were yeah. but then that needs to be lived through yeah. you know levels of management and, and make sure that it is you know still reaching everybody in its purest form as it's as it's been devised. Yes
1: yeah absolutely um and you know in my experience um through many years it's you know that psychological safety and that inclusion does it it comes from the top and it Mm -hmm. penetrates right across the rest of the business um but I, i think it works across you know horizontal and vertical across the business too um and those things that that sense of belonging needs to be felt and it needs to be connected to the business's vision and the business's purpose as well and you know majority of organizations today have all got a set of values and that feeling of inclusion should be connected to those values piece as well because that should drive your culture in terms of what you want and if you have all those separate entities connected it drives that overall culture within a business.
0: Excellent. You mentioned um, just something that you mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Tracy, that I would like to dig into probably just just for the last point, actually, is um, is this, you know, employee forums or employee focus groups. Now, I in in my experience, uh, you know, having participated in a couple of kind of previous organizations and, you know, as uh, what's the word willing to come forward (laughs) with my opinions as I am, I often wonder. Do employee forums and employee focus groups whereby, you know, they are created on a voluntary basis, let's say, by more outgoing, and gregarious people who are coming forward and, and having a say on things, does that risk in some ways sort of prejudicing, and I use that, you know, the agenda as, as to what gets spoken about? And I think the follow-up question, if the answer were to be yes, is would you see the benefits in sort of more of a, you know, a confidential sort of channel whereby almost themes could be crowdsourced for these more you know forthcoming people to then discuss in in a, in a group
1: and you're absolutely correct so the answer to point one of that question was yes sometimes you will you will get that in my experience from working in a charity um where there was um a lot of different um, paths to that charity, um, connecting vulnerable people to the charity. Um, and I think one of the things that I worked with my HR team there was setting up these think tanks, as we called them there, and we were looking at different parts of the business in terms to contribute to these. But you're absolutely right. When we didn't get some representation from some of us, I personally, you know, visited as we could then kind of those groups of individuals and asked if there was something that I could help or support or why they felt they couldn't do it so I built that relationship and and again it's about building that trust and it's about building that psychological safety with it Um, so yes it is and sometimes you have to go deeper and ask more courageous conversations and go under another level of skin to just get to the bottom of well, just because somebody new's come into the business, I was people culture director there, doesn't mean to say just because I had come in there, they were going to give me that trust immediately. I had mm-hmm. to earn that trust and build it, and that's sometimes what you'll need to do.
0: Mm-hmm. So there you go, everybody. That's I think that's that's maybe that's the big takeaway from this: is you know start with the difficult conversations. Don't don't be scared of them, and kind of embrace the discomfort because on the other end of that are you know really positive changes for for the future of your business. Um, Tracy, I mean, would you have anything you want to send us off with?
1: Um, no, just thank you very much. And uh, any questions or if you need a survey, then you know where we are.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Tracy, <laughs> thank you very much for your time. Um, and everybody will see you thank in the you. next one. Thank you.